0: We are at Humble Abode on the corner of Houston and Pittsburgh, and I'm with Matt Gilbreth.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Is that right? Say last name right. All right, yeah. I got to be aware of that because my last name always gets butchered. So yeah, so you you hit the nail on the head. And then uh, so my buddy Albert Piasek, he's from Moses Lake. Yeah, it's Pjosek. So it's Pjosek. Yeah. Or you know, however, however everybody else butchers it. So yeah. very, very cognitive of last names and just trying to right. get them right. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so we're here. This is uh, this is your home away from home, your business, the humble abode. It is. Yeah. And North Spokane, um, tell us your story because I that's how we met. You you are at the same lake as my kids and ex wife. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we met. And then I kind of hear pieces about your story of of how you got a kit
1: you know like a homebrew
0: kit your brother was doing it tell us tell
1: us your story yeah so um humble abode uh, originated from my humble abode so that's kind of where we got the name the uh we we we've always kind of been into craft beer and um we we kind of i'll throw some names out there we kind of um the, the big name that started me was Stone Ruination, like a big double IPA. And I, when I first drank it, I was like, holy crap, this is like this is ridiculous. I love this, you know, and, and that was kind of my... I mean, I, I was drinking like Mierpon Pale and, you know, these other craft breweries before that. But that was the one that I was like, man, this is ridiculously good. I got to seek this out. And, you know, that kind of started my journey on the whole craft beer thing. And then... Eventually, I met my wife. Well, we—I drug her into this whole thing too, kicking so, and screaming. Yeah, she was. She was a logger. <laughs> she loved loggers. So I was getting her into craft loggers, you know, Sierra Nevada, like independent craft. Oh, lagers. I thought you were
0: meaning like logger, like out
1: in the woods, nope, breaking down trees, nope. And yeah, <laughs> wrong logger. Yeah, wrong logger. L <laughs> a g e r. Um, and uh, so I, I got her into the craft beer and. Eventually, just kept prying, like, you know, having her try IPAs and, you know, different things like that. Eventually, she's like, man, I, loggers don't really have a ton of flavor for me anymore. And we got into IPAs, and then slowly she kind of got into that craft beer with me. Um, And so we, we, we always envisioned kind of opening a business, wanted to kind of work for ourselves. And we thought about, you know, what if we open a tap room? you know, where we get other people's beer and we serve it. And that was like a pipe dream down the road. We didn't really, you know, explore that option. Um, I've been working for Staples for 20-plus years, uh, general manager and opening stores and closing stores and moving around the country and doing that sort of thing. And, um, you know, my brother was like, man, you you know, your, your craft beer knowledge is, is vast. You should start brewing. And I was like, dude, I... I can go to the freaking store and buy beer. I don't need to like make it. I can buy it better than I can make it, you know? So that was the whole thing. So one year we were at my brother's house for Christmas and he's like, all right, man, you ready? I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, we're going to, we're going to make some beer. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's your house. Kind of walked right into it. Yeah. Let's do it. So, uh, you know, we fire we did a we did a if you're into you know making beer, you kind of know the the process. We did a partial mash, which means we have steeped grains in a bag, like specialty grains, and then uh the base grain, which is like typically 75 to 90% of your grain bill, is all extract. So it's just you know, you just it's a liquid, so you kind of make that up in that, and you make really good beer. You can make good beer with that. And uh Dude, it was, it, it was cool. It was a shit show. We spilled, you know, <laughs> beer all over his kitchen or wort all over his kitchen. And, um, you know, I was like, dude, that was really fun. You know, that that was, that was fun. And how
0: long had he been doing the? Well, oh, he's been doing this? it.
1: He's been doing it for years, probably 15, 20 years. I mean, he was, you know, writing recipes on a piece of paper. Now, now there's like computer programs you can kind of plug recipes in and play around with, but. You know, he did that for, for many, many years. And, he you know, he made decent beer. You know, he bottle condition, wouldn't put it in kegs. he just carbonate it in the bottles and that sort of thing. And um, so he said, hey, man, my neighbor is selling homebrew equipment. He's not brewing anymore. He's got a, you know, he's got a, a garage full of stuff. And so we went there. Uh, it was literally, like, right around the corner from his house. And um, we went there and, we, you know, we, we looked at his stuff. And it was, I mean, it was like, it was like the whole thing. It was like, you know, 500 bucks worth of stuff for 50 bucks. And I was like, you know what, man? For 50 bucks. Can't afford put it, not to. Put it in my car. Yeah, exactly. Put it in my car. We'll take it back. If I don't like it, I'll just sell it for 50 bucks. Make my money back or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so, you know, I was on the phone with my brother, like, oh, I don't know. What do you do? Right? I read books, the joys of homebrewing. You know, all these different books. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of research. Not initially, like initially, it was like, hey, what do, you know, talk to my brother. What do I do? He's like, well, do this, do this, do this. I was like, okay. So we ended up trying to make an IPA, which should have been 6%, came out like 8.5% because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it was fine. It was drinkable, barely. Um, Strong. And then, and then from there, man, it was just. Research, research, research. I made that year. So that was January. I made my first batch of beer in January 2017, maybe 16. I made 52 batches of beer that year. Out of the one kit? No, 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 no kits. Um, I did. I bought three um, extract batches on a website just to get my feet wet. And then my brother gifted me an all grain setup, so my fourth batch was a big eleven percent imperial stout that we did on my all grain setup. And from there it was just I could do you know, ten gallon batches, five gallon batches, and I just went I just went crazy, man. It was it was uh, I was hooked, you know. Were
0: you Were you drinking a lot as well during you this, know what? or was it everybody else was trying taste testing?
1: You know, Kevin, it uh, I, we had a. We had a six tap, so, so I bottle conditioned maybe three or four batches, and I was like, you know what, I can't. Like bottle conditioning is is wasn't my thing. Um, you you basically use corn sugar to carbonate the beer. So there's residual yeast in each bottle. Put corn sugar in there. Eventually, two three weeks later, you have carbonated beer, and then you're, you know, cracking the bottles, and then you're like, oh, it's carbonated beer, and you drink it. It, it wasn't very controllable, so it's very, like, dependent on where you're going to store the beer, what the temperatures are, blah, blah, blah. So then I was like, well, let's just get kegs. So we started, we started, you know, putting beer into kegs, and you skip the whole bottling, then you force carb with CO2. That sounds easier as well. Oh, my gosh, so much easier. And so eventually we had six beers on tap at home, which is not a good thing for your figure, by the way. Um, so, no, I put out there, hey, I, I, you know, this is, this is my hobby. This is what I'm doing. If you're into craft beer, I'd love to get your feedback. Come by my house. I'll fill a growler, you know, whatever. And people would come over and fill growlers and, um, you, know, you know, have a couple pints or whatever in my basement. And uh, I just, you know, if they wanted to give me money for it, that was cool. If they didn't, that was also cool. Some people did that, afforded my yeast or whatever for my next batch of beer. And, um, you know, eventually we got we, we started making we started making pretty good beer, I think. You know, we had, well, we had if they, cu- everybody was coming back,
0: it had to have been pretty decent,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, it was good, I liked it, you know, but that's the thing, it was my beer. So I was like, I'm you know, so I kind of I put it out there to some people that we trust and know down at uh Pint's Ale House. And, they're like, well, do you want the honest? You want, you want us to be honest mm-hmm. with you or do you want us to just, like, tell you you're make good beer? It's like, no, be honest. Their first, their first few beers they had for me, they're like, dude, just stop what you're doing. Like, it's, you know, you don't, it's not good. Okay. I was like, okay, all right. So that was a challenge. So um, when, when we started kegging, um, it, was, it was, like, night and day difference. It was, like, from bottling to kegging, it just made better beer. So we started doing that. And then eventually I was like, man, you know, we could, we could actually like make a business of this, you know? So we kind of sat down and, um, I think our big, like we're trying to do like cost analysis, you know, and we're like, well, if we can serve 25 people a day and they each have two pints that can sustain, you know, what we're doing, we actually tried to license our garage. So we're going to do distribution. We're like, we can make 10 gallon batches. We'll just sell a couple of kegs here and there get our name out there and eventually have a business um, uh, we couldn't license our garage it just wasn't it wasn't legal I guess it's attached to the house the zoning yeah yeah oh, okay so what we did is we started looking for a space we started looking for light industrial you know thousand bucks a month twelve hundred bucks a month whatever it was and that would be a spot we could actually open open a tasting room and you know from there it's just you know, we, we bought a one barrel system which makes two half barrel kegs, which is super stupid and small. And then we found a space and opened her up, man. Like I haven't looked back since. No. No. I the first the first ten months I worked my full time day job and then after I got off work I would come here and brew. And then the next day, just rinse, wash, and repeat. And we were making eight, eight to nine batches a month. How much sleep were you getting at night? Oh, I slept really well. Did the, you? the sleep that I got, I slept really well. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because
0: I know, I know from you know my my business, I ran a donut shop in Callispill.
1: Yeah, be there at midnight
0: to start putting all the flowers together, mm-hmm. the yeast to make it rise, um, work until I'm going to get the time wrong. But you know, six o'clock is when I'd have everything done, produced, all the donuts were done. Yeah. Um, get everything ready for deliveries. Do the deliveries. Come back. Open the store. My wife would come at seven. I'm I'm thinking, yeah. And then finish up the day. Yeah. And then I'd come, you know, back later in the night, clean up or whatever. She yeah. do it. She did a lot of work um, with the cleanup and all that stuff. And uh, these mics are kind of cutting in and out, um, but that was our, our process and then go home and then your dad life. And then, all right, well now I got to get to bed. It's like eight o'clock. I got to be up in four hours. So that's, it hasn't really stopped. I still do that now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough deal. I think you have to kind of love what you do and um, the community we're in is, is amazing. Um, I w I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything. I think we're, you know, the first couple years, well, let's talk about that, right? So first year we opened was 2018. We rolled into 2019, so we opened August 2018. You know, people came,
0: still the same six beers, or had you had changed it in Oh and no out? We,
1: we Yeah, um, We were still doing one barrel batches, but we would just constantly cycle through beers. And then um, we actually started with three one barrel fermenters the first week, week we were open i told courtney we gotta buy we gotta buy another one so we bought another one and then like a month later we bought two more so we ran on 10 months we ran six one barrel fermenters and a one barrel system so we were our capacity was basically 12 half barrel kegs total that was it did you run out a lot all the time yeah i mean it was i you know i take that back um we were pretty good about once the beer was kegged, that tank was cleaned, and we were brewing into that again. And then every you know three three and a half weeks, we had more beer on tap. So um, I was pretty diligent about not running out. So I just did everything I could to, to try to make it work.
0: At what point did you say I'm kind of a scientist right now of getting of balancing all of the different things that go into it, the never, timing of the of the yeast and never thought about the that. fermenting.
1: Yeah, never even never even crossed my mind.
0: You're like a breaking bad of the beer industry.
1: I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but it never crossed my mind. Like I, you know, there's a lot of things that you know, once once you open this this business and um you know, it it, it takes a, it takes a lot to actually sit down and reflect on what you've actually done and built and created and um I'm still I'm still boggled. I like I I just it's this is my my work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is our work. This is what yep. we do. Yep, yep. This is our uh, day-to-day. And, um, you know, we've got uh, three employees, so Courtney and myself, plus three people. We make this, make this whole thing work, and um, our employees allow us to, you know, have that family time and kind of disconnect a little bit, which is, which is amazing. I mean, it's, you know, it's been, it's been good. You have 12 ten, on, 10 beers. 10 beers on tap.
0: Plus root beer, plus root beer, which I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up. Yeah. So eleven, let's yeah. say. Yeah. How many did you open when you originally opened? How many How many did you have? And then oh, how many man. How many do you turn over? How many is in the repertoire? So we,
1: man, I'll have to look. We have made hundreds of beers. We opened with six, and uh, yeah, we opened with six beers on tap. And we have made, I'll look here.
0: You want to come sit over here?
1: Come sit right here. We're not on video or anything, nah. so you don't have to put your hat on and be all pretty. <laughs> so on Untapped, which is an app, um, we have made, we have on Untapped, how do you look at that, Sterling? Oh, 168 different beers we've brewed in about three years okay this is our third year so okay um i love i mean on the one barrel batch it's like you know we just turn beers left and right because it's two kegs um 10 months into that we ended up getting a three and a half barrel system we're like dude and so we ran a three and a half plus the one we'd run those in tandem sterling would brew on the one or the three i'd brew on the one or the three and we just run them in tandem and just you know fill fermenters Um, tell us who sterling is uh, Sterling Sterling Jean that's how you say it Jan, Jan. sorry J-A agent Jan. but there's an umla in there anyway an uh, umla yeah yeah a little boop. anyway uh, Sterling Sterling came to us as a patron I guess a, a craft beer lover and we have a mutual friend uh, named Steve Steve Froom, who works for Weldworks over in Greeley, Colorado, and uh, you know, Steve. Steve was like, "You should try to work there. Is that how it came out? How'd it come out? You want to? Can you, can here. you hear yep. him from here? We'll go. We'll go like this. Yeah. How'd it come out? Like. Well, eventually, or uh,
0: initially, I saw that a new brewery was opening in the area, and I
1: was really into craft beer and just wanted to kind of. Like oh, I'm gonna be the first one in the door, I'm gonna be there all the time, people are gonna know who I am, and by the way, he lives in Davenport, yeah, and so we're we're up north, and so this is kind of the the space he chose, i guess is, which is interesting yeah well my yeah my job I was working at the
0: time was just over just over on division, yeah, and so it's you know a five minute drive from there, so' like oh, I'm gonna be here all the time, and I'm just gonna like norm kind oh, cheers. of cheers. Do not promote drinking and driving. Well, no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kind of, I'd been homebrewing for probably f- five years at the time. Uh, eh, four, four years. But just kind of, I just love beer, love
1: homebrewing, and just wanted to be around it, you know. Yeah, so Sterling was in. He was in quite a bit, and, uh, you know, we got to know him, and, you know, uh, when we opened, it was Courtney and I. I mean, that was it. Like, we we were doing, like, f- four days a week from four to – I mean, our hours changed, like, every week. You know what I mean? Like, well, we'll do four to nine, or we'll do three to nine, or whatever. And, you know, eventually we just couldn't keep up. So we uh, – you know, Sterling was kind of our, our, our guy that we were like, dude, what's up, man? You want to – you want to pop in here and, you know, work the tasting room and, um, you know, eventually, hopefully be back, you know, do some stuff in back of house because I knew he liked to brew. And, uh, yeah, I mean, here we are. Like, Sterling, I, I, I don't even have to be here. Sterling can make beer, like, on the system here. Like, he could knock out a seven-barrel batch tomorrow without me being here, which is fantastic. So it's a good good find. And, you know, he quit his day job, which – which is another fantastic thing for me is like, man, you know. If,
0: Having if, that guy to relay on and yeah.
1: you know was going to
0: be there, is competent in what they're doing, yeah. and you can put the business in their hands. It's, right, right. As a small business owner, you can't replace that feeling. Yeah.
1: Well, he knows our passion, you know. I mean, I'm never going to step away. Like, I always want my hands in here, but, you know, eventually you got to just, like, separate yourself sometimes, you know so you can take some time to be with your family or whatever what do you
0: what do you what is your beer what was your beer of choice before you started i know you kind of touched on it of some some but what was your beer of choice and then what is your favorite of the 168 that you have have
1: created wow um so ruination is kind of the the beer that is a like 8% double IPA from Stone, which they don't make anymore. They make a Ruination 2.0, which is still fine, but not what it was. And, uh, I, you know, I would say IPAs are probably my go-to. Um, people ask what my favorite beer we've ever made is. Man, I don't know. Like, I, I think it changes. I think it's just a, like... You know, I, I get on one beer, and I, and I have a few of those, and, you know, we have that on tap, and then there's something else. Deepa. There we go. I guess that was easy. So Deepa's a double IPA. We brew with, uh, I think it's Simcoe, um, Centennial, and Cascade, maybe. Something like that. So it's a double IPA, double West Coast IPA, which um, is kind of malty, but still hoppy and sweet, and it's good. So, I would say Deepa, which sucks because I should probably be on all the time since it's one of my <laughs> favorites.
0: But, whatever. It's all good. So, you know? I've been coming in since, oh, I guess, what, end of October of last yeah. year? Yeah. And then you guys had to close down a little bit mm-hmm. for, for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the, the peanut butter. Peanut butter porter. Yeah. And then the coffee infused. I think yeah. I had this the last time I was here, and, yeah. now, and now it's night. That's what I'm sipping on tonight. Mm-hmm. How do you go about adding in f- the flavors when you're, t- you know, to do that and then what other, what else is on the horizon that you're going to try to infuse into beer?
1: Well, the next one we're looking at is going to be a goza. A goza mm-hmm. is kind of a, like a tart it's basically a tart wheat beer. We're going to do like a little coriander and sea salt so it may, it's like sour but salty and kind of like limey i guess i mean it's it's like super thirst quenching is it a summer summer yeah beer? like four percent you know something like that so i think something like that we're probably going to do some like a lime infusion on i don't know if we we'll use like a lime puree or if we'll do you know lime zest or something like that in there but like the coffee is cold brew coffee so we we cold steep coffee for about 18 hours and then we add it directly into the fermenter with the already fermented beer and then we carbonate it and package it. And then that's what you get just like that. Uh, yep. Vanilla, vanilla is a tough one. Um, vanilla beans are very expensive. Um, but there's a lot of companies out there making really good vanilla, like Madagascar vanilla extracts. So you can use, you know, however much you want of that and you can kind of control that flavor profile it, it it you know it contributes to the beer just like a bean would because these people are taking vanilla beans and making a liquid out of it and um, the the price is where it should be on that as well it's super expensive but uh, and then uh, this one the one you're drinking has got milk chocolate in it so we straight up use uh, cho- uh, it's vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. So it's a milk chocolate. It's a liquid milk chocolate. Okay. It smells like a Hershey bar. Okay. So that's what's in that beer.
0: When you when you try out a new one, how many smaller batches do you make before Zero. you go? You just dive right in, and it is what it is. Yep. Because you know you're going to be close, or is it just the confidence of what you're doing?
1: I, you know, so, yeah, I know we're going to be close. You know, with infusions and, you know, like adding certain things to beers – Um, I think that's like playing around with it, but making an IPA, it's an IPA. Like, what do you want? You want this hop and this hop and this hop, and then wherever you add it, you're going to get bitterness or, you know, uh, you know, juiciness or whatever out of that particular hop. Um, but doing stuff like this, I mean, we can, you know, we can put 30 ounces of cold brew in there and go, it's not enough. Guess what we do? We make more cold brew. And then we add more and then we make a note and go, okay, next time it's sixty ounces or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's before it hits the market, we've we've played with it enough kind of you know, post fermentation before okay. it goes into kegs and then yeah, we just send it out. We're like, Yeah, it's good. So how
0: often does your brother come in? My brother And does he still have you say, Hey hey, will you come here and help help me
1: with this? I want to brew a beer with my brother. Um, So he's been in here. He actually helped us do the floors. So he's an industrial, he does industrial coatings over in Seattle area, or actually all over, but um, that's where he's based. But uh, he's been here, geez. I don't know if he's ever been here. Has he, has, Courtney, has Rick ever been here? So since we've been open, he's never been here. Hey Rick, that's a hint, hint, hint. Yeah, what the hell, son <laughs> what of a bitch! Hell? Get your butt over here.
0: 168 different beers you can come try.
1: <laughs> no, so he's had my beer. He's busy. He's he runs two companies. I'm not making excuses. Um, he's got three kids. You know, uh, oldest ones I think is 11 or 12, and then goes down from there. So, um, COVID didn't help. They were. You know, like kind of locked down. They're in Seattle, so they're kind of locked mm-hmm. down for that year. Or so, um, anyway, yeah, that's yeah, whatever. Do you
0: have any any plans of expanding
1: into another location? Yeah, we actually have the. So we have. If you look at our building, um, we have. We actually have the bookends. Courtney told me that uh, bookends. So we have this end and we have that end. So eventually this whole, like, tasting room is going to be on the other side. Okay. So we're building that out right now. Okay. Yeah, so it's bigger. Uh, It would be about 3,000 square feet versus this being 2,200. This is 800 square feet of retail. That will be about 1,800 square feet of retail. So it's going to be much bigger plus outdoor. Okay. And then this will be event space. So if we want to do, like, beer dinners and beer pairings – Um, You know, special releases here. Somebody wants to have a wedding reception or a wedding. I don't care. Like, this is what this space will be. Okay. So, we're not changing this at all. Um, Tables will be here. You know, music will be here. And then uh, we'll expand production. Okay. Yeah. Exciting? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's... uh, Is Courtney excited? Courtney's excited. (laughs) She better be. Yeah. It was her idea. I mean thing no it wasn't (laughs) Uh.
0: crave eats drinks and nightlife that's our mid-roll read for this show I just left there had a bacon cheeseburger and I had those cauliflower bites I was talking about earlier with the buffalo seasoning and the beer batter breading on the outside Uh, amazing 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 i've had buffalo bites before with the cauliflower and they these are so much better you will not be disappointed with these try them out say hello to jacob and the staff Uh, great food and drink specials all week long happy hour all day sunday as well as a free poker tourney every thursday and sunday Uh, each winner gets a gift card for crave check it out crave eats drinks and nightlife so, how are you in those competitions? Because I think the last time we talked, there was a, a brew fest, or what was the competition that you were telling me about? You had entered entered in something. Oh, it's
1: Leicester Cup, I think, is what. Okay. The, yeah, because I think we had the tiramisu stout on when you were here. Not last time, because you were here, like, two weeks yep. for trivia. Yep. Um, the Lester Cup. Yeah, so... That's kind of a biannual, so we do it quarterly. Quarterly? Biannual. Biannually. Biannually. So twice a year. Twice a year. Yeah, not quarterly. Okay. Anyway. Um, And then uh, we have six breweries involved, and we make a style, and then we release it to the public, and the public votes on it, and then the winner gets to choose the next style. So we do a summer and we do a winter. Winters are usually going to be heavier beers. Summers are going to be light beers. Mm -hmm. So I think we've won that one once. Is that a goal, or is it? Oh man, just kind of a part of the process. It's just, or it's just fun. Fun, you know. I, I mean, I always want to win, right? But I also just want to like every time we've done it, we've made, we've made a different beer. You know what I mean? And it's challenged us to kind of go like the first one. I think the one we won was a Braggot. It was a Braggot. We've never made a Braggot. What is that? So a braggot is, that's with honey, right? A mead beer mix. Yeah, yeah so it's uh, a certain percentage of the grain bill has to be honey. Like literal honey. Was it, half? 25. 25%. Yeah. So we had orange blossom honey that we're just dumping into the freaking boil kettle and stirring it around. That's going to be part of those fermentables that are going to okay. create alcohol. And so we did a, a, a braggot. And it was uh, it was called Two Birds, uh, Peach Belgian Braggot. So we used a Belgian yeast, we pitched a peach into it, and we used honey as most you know twenty five percent of the fermentables. And we it was called Two Birds because we put it into the Braggot Fest at Bellwether, and then we also entered it into the Lester Cup, and that's the beer that won, which Two is Two Birds like, One Stone. Yeah, two birds, no. two birds, one beer. Okay. Man, yeah. So <laughs> okay. we so we knocked out two you know two things with one beer and uh, ended up winning. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, it was good, it was solid, but it wasn't like I want to win with a style that we make, right? But again, it's like that's the challenge, you know. I want to, I want to, you know, the the goza we're gonna do next. This is for the Lester Cup, I think, is gonna be the goza. We've never made a goza, so we're gonna make a goza. Okay. And we're going to put it into the little competition and see what happens. See if people like it.
0: How do we find you? What all are you on? What do uh, you want
1: to promote? We're on Facebook, Instagram. I haven't really messed around with Twitter, although we're on there, at humbleabodebrewing Brewing or whatever it is, Twitter-wise. Twitter too wise. fast. Yeah. I'm on there as well, but it's, it moves, it's fast. Man. Oh, man. And you, so I, I can choose, like, can I post to, like, I, I usually just post to Instagram and it goes to Facebook. Or I can choose it to go to Twitter and I'm just like, whatever, just go to Facebook. Because Twitter isn't, I don't know. You're right, it's fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the big thing. Um, that's where we advertise. That's where you can find most of our beer releases and what we have on tap and um, what we're up to, you know. so Store? What's that? Is there a Store? Store? What do you mean? On the on the on the website. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. com. Yeah, place orders hats, there. Hats, shirts. Hats, shirts, uh, glassware. Glassware. Yeah, everything's there. You can order your beer online and just come pick it up. If you're not feeling comfortable about getting out of your car, we'll bring it to you. Yeah, that was our that was our pandemic savior, man. Like we were you how how were you feeling when that happened? Oh, uh, I put a post out like, "Well, looks like the governor shut us down," and then immediately retracted. Like, "Wait a minute, we can do to go, so it's all good." We're so gonna, you were you were all good. We were we, we never shut down. Okay, like that's awesome. Pe- pe- people showed up. Thank you, Spokane, and anybody else that came, not from Spokane, <laughs> but people showed up, man. Like we'd have we we were open. So the the pandemic hit on us like a Sunday. We were I think we were closed Monday. We opened Monday? Yeah, so we did a crap ton of cans. And then Thursday, we had to... After Thursday, we had to shut down because we ran out of cans. Mm. Or no, it was that Monday, wasn't it? Anyway, we ran out of cans. Like, we had a pallet of cans. We ran out. And so I ordered more, and they were going to show up Thursday. So we reopened Thursday. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the next week we opened what Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So 4 days a week from 3 to 6. That's all we did. Okay. Through the whole shutdown. And it was a complete shit show. Like from from 3 to 6, we were running our butts off. We hired an employee. We hired another employee. We had to hire We a had guy to hire to somebody, man. Wow. So it was cool. You um, don't hear that too often. No. And we and, and what we did was you know, we uh my my whole thing was I got to keep people interested. So we would take, you know, flagships and dry hop them different. Or we would make sours that were, you know, different sours that people wanted. Or we would, you know, we were just, I was trying to always be creative and make a different beer for people to go, I haven't had that before. I'm going to show up. And they would show up, you know, and that was the big deal.
0: So What, what are your different nights? Monday night was like a... Um, was like a dinner night for Monday night football. We
1: did that, yeah. Then we shut down again mm-hmm. for Mondays. Yeah, because um, that was my week. Yep, that and was true. I know, it, man. And yeah. then
0: it, uh, and then we weren't allowed to come in.
1: Yeah, um, we uh, we right now we are Monday is Mug Club Monday, so if you're a Mug Club member, you come in and you get a dollar off all your beers. We have hundred. We have about hundred people in the in the club. If you're not a Mug Club member, you get a 20-ounce pour for the same price as a, a normal beer. Okay. Um, and then 15% off merchandise. Basically, you're, if you're not a Mug Club member, when you come in that day, you're a Mug Club member. All day Monday. Tuesday, we're closed. Forever. I mean, maybe until we open this other space. Wednesdays, uh, every other Wednesday, we do trivia. So it's kind of confusing. I wish we could do it every Wednesday, but maybe we'll get there. Um, Thursdays, we typically have a food truck here. Uh, Fridays, we're trying to get food trucks here all the time on Fridays and then we're open Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So,
0: and then, so check out the Facebook page to find
1: out what food trucks
0: are going to be here on the days.
1: You probably get tired of me posting, but you'll be well informed if you want to be. And that's
0: how you get the word out there. That's right. Everybody
1: share that shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, I, uh, appreciate you letting me come in and crash your party. Yeah. Um, you're getting ready to leave for the day so i appreciate you making absolutely. the time for me and yeah and uh this will go out on the air on on friday perfect and uh you know check out humble abode um dot,
1: abode abode Brewing Brewing.
0: dot, com. dot com. there yeah.
1: we go there we go thank you sir yeah absolutely thanks kevin